This is The View from the Gladys Street, a podcast by the fans, for the fans, as we go on the terraces to discuss all the big talking points at Everton Football Club. Hello, we are back for this week's Everton Fan Podcast on the Royal Blue, Acast and iTunes channel. It's The View from the Gladys Street and I'm your host, Ian Kroll. We have a bumper show for you today. It's the Everton Fan Season Review. This is the podcast where we look back on the campaign as a whole, the ups, the downs, the highs and the lows. I'm going to ask the lads who their player of the season was, their young player of the season, their moment of the season, their regret of the season, their biggest disappointment of the season, and that's just to name a few. There'll be more obvious answers than others, but I'll give my opinion as well, and hopefully I can throw a spanner in the works to provoke some debate. We have a full squad for this one. No last-minute injuries, no last-minute pull-outs. We are ready to go. Guests include Graham Callahan. You all right, Graham? Sorry, mate, thanks. Connor O'Neill. You all right, Connor? Evening, Ian. I'm Rob Astle. You all right, Rob? All right, mate. You okay? Yeah, not too bad. Um, Rob, we'll start with you. Uh, we'll get to it straight away. Season's been over a week. Had a bit of time to sit down and digest everything that's gone on. Um, have you been? Have you looked back and said you're pretty content with how the season went as a whole? To be honest with you, it went exactly how I thought it'd go. I thought we'd do. I don't think I didn't think we'd do any worse than what we did last year. Me only. We'll probably get onto it later. My only, the only black marks me against silver are the cup competitions. Um, it was a season of transition. Um, obviously, we've been putting up with Sam Allardyce for six months and then Ronald Koeman before that. Um, but yeah, it, it went exactly how I expected it to, really. Um, but onwards and upwards now. Graham, a few weeks since you've been on the podcast, so uh, welcome back. Has this season been a failure in your eyes or has it been uh, one of just progression yeah I wouldn't call it a failure um I wouldn't call it a season of of progression either I think um it was a season of two halves really wasn't it we were, we were quite poor in the first half of the season and it's picked up as the season's gone on um I think I'd agree with Rob that the cups were a big disappointment um but I, th- I suppose if it was going to happen the way it's happened then that's the best way that you know we've got some momentum going into a pre-season going into next season the fact that the season picked up later on rather than spiraling, spiraling off um, so you know glass is always half full gotta to, got to, got to be optimistic and see what he can do in the summer massive massive summer now for Silver Connor did you expect more from the season? Um, in not, the league anyway? not really no if I'm being honest I think it kind of was what it was um, I think it was kind of what probably most of us expected it to be. I agree with the lads. I think I, I agree. I disagree a little bit. It was progressive. It was. We did show signs where we were showing prog- progression. Obviously, there was a real bleak point in the season around December, you know, January into February, where it, it, it kind of went sour and there was a lot of head scratching and a lot of, a lot of you know, questions being branded about. But I think. We showed signs of progression. We showed signs of what we can do. But I think now it is probably one of the biggest summers in, in the club's history. And I know we always seem to say that every year. It's, it's the biggest summer ever. But this just feels like it's got a real kind of big feeling about it in, in terms of there's you no know, a lot of questions that need answered and a lot of gaps that need filling. There's obviously doubt over Gomez and Zuma's future. You know, Arisa Garner Gay. Again, there could be potential, you know, clouds hanging over his future at the club. So... It's massive now, summer to see what, and it's also a big summer to see what Marcel Brands and Silver can actually come up with with a year of planning. You know, last summer it was very much oh, well, they both come into the job late. It's hard to go into a transfer transfer market when you're almost playing backup, like backup chasing yeah. to, to other clubs who've had time to plan. 
they've had a year to plan now, so it'll be interesting what, what they can come up with and what they have come up with. Okay, uh, interesting take, interesting summary from the three of you guys there. Uh, Rob, let's let's get down to the, the nitty gritty of it then. Um, obviously, player of the season, there's not many candidates for for player of the season really. Um, but we'll give you the we'll give you the go ahead first. And for player of the season, who 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 is your Everton player of the season? I think the obvious choice is Lucas Dean. You know, we had Leighton Baines for however long, how long we had Leighton Baines for ten plus years. And he's been like the perfect left back in every sense. And then the biggest fear we have always had is how do we replace Leighton Baines? And this lad's come in. I knew nothing about it. I'd never heard of him, to be honest with you, before he came in. You know, we, we spent obviously big money on him. Um, and it's like, it, it's like watching a young Baines. You know, he gets forward, he puts balls into the box. Um, he scores great free kicks. I put him on penalties personally given what Sigurdsson's record was this year. Um, and as well, he's got a good relationship now with um, with Bernard on the left-hand side. And it's it, it's that left-hand side integral to how we, how we play football and how we attack, how we attack teams. He's your obvious choice. But I think there's credible mentions as well to exist a guy. He's been outstanding pretty much all season. And then when he had... He, moved, he was trying to get a move to PSG. He didn't sulk. He didn't, you know, he didn't. He well, probably did for like or two hours or so. Two hours, you know, but after that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, after that, he stepped it up a notch. And towards the, the tail end of the season, he was absolutely unreal. Um, so he's incredible mention. He got joint, didn't he? The play or the players play, wasn't it? At, at, at the club, wasn't it? Mm, it was, yeah. it was the first time so happened. Didn't yeah. It? yeah. And then. Another credible mention as well for I think you can't have three. Uh, no, but my <laughs> main one, my main one, my main, main one's Lucas Dean. But obviously, but then I think I don't think you can overlook Michael Keane either. I think he's been he's definitely the most improved player, you know, one hundred percent there. But I think he's turning into that leader that we want him to now, and I'm looking forward to seeing him again next year. Really, but yeah, Lucas Dean probably is probably my vote on it. You got a fourth or anyone like that? No? <laughs> Just he wasn't doing the Dixies, wasn't he? He'd still be in there now. Well, now you're going to So you're going for Luca Dean? Luca Dean, yeah. Yeah, that's fair mm. enough. Uh, Graham, do you agree, disagree with that? Can't, can't argue with that. No. I think Dean is my player of the season too. He can defend, he goes forward, makes assists. He's, you know, throwing a few goals into the mix as well. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a downer on it and say... Is he, is he too good for Everton? Are we going to struggle to keep him in the summer? Because he's, to, especially to come in, not not only to a new club, but to a new league, to a mm. league that he's never played in before. And, and what is probably the most competitive league in, league in Europe. He, he's been outstanding. He has. He's been head and shoulders above everybody else for me. And to um, oust, you know, a, yeah, a left back, definitely. as Rob said, you know, who's been, you know, in, instrumental to. I can't club. argue. I think it's been called right. I think Dinya is player of the season for me. Um, I did have some honourable mentions like Rob did as well. <laughs> I think Richarlison's had a good season myself too. I think he's been, he's been, you know, he's played on the left, he's played up front, he's been, you know, in and out of the team in various positions. Um, and I think to score is it 14 goals he scored this season? I think, you know, that's a, that's an achievement in his first season at the club as well. Did so that, I think that he's a close mid mid season. It probably didn't. It probably be why he's he's, he's the runner up for me, and he's he, he didn't quite you know take the accolade, but. Didn't you replay the season for me? Uh, and me, me one honourable mention will go to Rich Allison. I'm not gonna. I think the thing with Rich Allison there as well is like he came in having had like a blistering start at Wofford the year before, wasn't it? Like he scored, he like, and then once October, November, it 
was like, oh wow, he spent fifty million on this crab who hasn't scored, mm. you know, an hour long, and he and again he's so integral to how mm. we play football and attack. Don't think he helped himself at times when he was sulking and down yeah. and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Like it wasn't going where yeah. we needed him to be like think, a bit of a leader. Really. The thing with him as well is his age. We all, I think we all twenty twenty one. How old he is he? Yeah. He's, he's, he's a kid, isn't he? He's a youngster. As some people say, you know, he's the Brazilian McFadden. He runs into brick walls. This that and the other. Fourteen goals in the Premier League from someone who doesn't. He's not a striker. I think that's that's a great achievement, and I don't think you know we certainly haven't set the world alight this season. So to do it in a team that you know at certain periods has struggled, I think he he, he would be up there for me. But Dinya Dinya takes it. Connor, have you got a left field uh, option for player of the season? Sadly, not. No, full house. Full house. Luca Dean. Um, I mean, I, I know the lads have given honourable mentions out there, but for me, I don't think anyone gets near near him. I think. He's just been absolutely outstanding and he's got better and better week by week. Mm. I mean, I remember watching him the, the first time against Rotherham in, in the League Cup when I went with a mate and we were a bit like, wow, he looks really good there. But you're thinking, oh, well, we're playing Rotherham in yeah. the Cup. They're a low-level championship side, so like relegation. Who themselves have put second-string players out because they had a big game the weekends and stuff. And you, you kind of think, oh, well, is it just... But then since then, he's just kicked on. And, you know, it has now become a case of late main zoo, which... No one at the club ever thought. I think I don't think we ever thought we'd be in that position where we'd be saying, "Oh, well, you know, if any, and if Baines does move on, he moves on." You know, for years it was, "Oh, if Baines moves on." But, but I mean, I don't know if any of you have seen it. There's a video of David Moyes doing a, a coaching masterclass on YouTube from when he was at Everton. All right. Um, that must have been d- fun. D- dissecting it. It's quite recent. It's quite. I think it's just come out. But it's it's interesting because he basically says that Baines was catered the way his teams used to attack. Because Dean, he, he knew how energetic he was, and but the fact that Dean has come in and basically almost just took, took his mantle and took his place is beyond our wildest dreams, if we're being honest. And I agree with a little bit with Graham. I think being the Evertonian, being an Evertonian, you do start thinking nervously. Oh, well, if he has another barnstorming season next year, a, a club's from. Is there's you know, already a Spurs link, isn't there? City, I saw. Sp- I, I have a swap deal with Spurs for Danny Rose, and the noise from Dinya's camp is that he's he's uh, he's happy. He wants to go to London. Okay. But that was just on Talksport. I've not heard anything else since. Well, we won't listen I think, to them. No. I think the thing about I think the thing about about Dean as well is that I can only think of one bad game he had this year, and it was the West Ham game, and I think that might have even been like his home debut in the mm. league. Other than that, he's been just been consistently like sevens and eights all the mm. way through the season even and sometimes even better than that and he can't half hit the ball as well he's just he is he's just great and, and I, hope, I hope we get to keep him yeah. well it's not quite a full house Connor because I'm going to I'm just going to be different just to be different I'm going to go with just a, a gay just purely for the fact that I defended him a lot over the course of the season and I thought he was I thought he was solid up until you know the transfer window and then he went on to another level mm. for me. Um, I felt Dean obviously had cemented him as himself as, a, as our left back. And, you know, defensively he was great going forward. He was fantastic. But I felt Guy was just, or Gay, sorry, was just instrumental to everything that that midfield did. Mm. You know, when we lost the ball, he was just there. He was just winning it back. So um, for me, player of the season is a, a just a Gay. And I'm... Um, you know, just to be different, obviously, it's, you can't split the two. Um, I would no no issues whatsoever. Obviously, call on Luca Dean, Player of the Year. So, absolutely, uh, Graham. Then young Player of the Season. I mean, it's a difficult difficult one. This, but you can include Richarlison in that. He's in that age bracket. So, I think I would include Richarlison in there, obviously, because like I've already mentioned, I think he's had a, a good, see a solid season, um, especially given that it's his first season at the club. But 
I'd have to go Calvert-Lewin purely because I didn't like him at the start of the season. Not, I had nothing against him, obviously, but I just didn't think he was good enough. Yeah, Pure yeah. and simple, I didn't think the lad had it. I didn't think he could lead the line for Everton. I didn't think he had what it took to be a, a, a top Premier League player. And he, he's starting to prove me wrong. Um, he needs to add goals to his game. Absolutely, no doubt about it. But he's come on leaps and bounds. Certainly with the upturn in Everton's form towards the end of the season, He's, he's looked a lot better as well, um, whether it's a confidence thing or what, I don't know. But the, the centre-forward spot still remains a problem, don't get me wrong. We do still need to bring in a top-quality centre-forward, but he's a great a great second striker to have around for me. Um, and I do think in the last the last half of the season, he's looked he's looked really, really good. And well, given that I thought he was not very good, I'd have to, I'd have to say Calvert-Lewin me. I mean, he's been kind of instrumental in the back end of the, the season, hasn't he, to how we've played games. Does, does the hard work, yeah. don't he? And, we, you know, we've said he, he's not a natural finisher. I don't think he's ever going to be that type of player. Whether you can, you know, teach that into someone is, a, is another question. But, you know, it was hold-up play and his, you know, passing and stuff like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Fran- France won a World Cup with Giroud up front, didn't he? He doesn't score a lot of goals, but... They built the team around what he brings to the side, mm. didn't he? Um, and I think Calvert-Lewin can be the same. I think, you know, without him, players like Richarlison, who we've mentioned, and, and other lads who've scored scored goals this season, might not have done that without him doing the, doing the hard work up top on his own. It's a horrible job to have playing up front on your own. Especially um, when you're not scoring as well, yeah. the confidence thing. But he's never he's never hid. Um, and I think he's showed glimpses of quality. He's definitely put some size on. He's bigger, he's stronger. Um and he, you know, he would have been one at the start of the season. I wouldn't have been sorry to see go out on loan, leave, whatever. But now I think, uh, I think he's someone who should stick around. I think he's come on a lot, and he'd get my young player of the season. Connor is he one that should stick around, and does he get your young player of the season? He's definitely improved, and he's, he's definitely in the reckoning. But I go with Charleston. I just think the goals he scores, you know, were, were crucial. I think you look at a team that for long, long spells of the season. Look like we 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 threw out of attack, you know. If we, I know we had a flurry of goals towards the end of the season, but there was moments where you, you, we looked like a team we were never going to score a goal again because we were going into the final third and it all broke down. I just think the goals he scored and the impact he's had has been nothing short of superb. And he looks like one who again like Calvert Lewin who can improve and kick on and get better and better. And I think his, his pace and I think the, the goal against Brighton where we we hit them on the counter. And he, he sort of swept it home. Um, so he round it. He, he took, knocked, knocked it past Duffy and rounds the goalie. And he, he showed then real composure that, that the way he finished. And if he can do more of that on a more regular basis, then he'll, be, he'll become a, a massive, massive talent um, and, and a big hit with, with the fans. And for me, I think he's just been head and shoulders above any of our, our young lads this season. Have you got any concerns of burnout? Because he's going to be playing for Brazil, isn't he? In the, um... I mean, it depends how much game time he gets with Brazil, doesn't it? I know he's in the squad, but you know we've seen it before. Just because you're in, the, I mean, Ross Barkley went to a World Cup, didn't he? And never kicked the ball, never got off the bench. So just because you're in the squad doesn't mean you're going <coughs> to play, does it? So you imagine he'll be on the bench more coming off, coming on. Sorry, with like say Neymar and another the, the other attack, the like Coutinho, the other attacking talent. So yeah, you have that always have that fear of burnout, but I think that's up to the club to manage. I think in this day and age. This shouldn't be a case of burnout because the sports science and the money that's invested in that side of it should pretty much be solving these these problems, not not bringing them up. 
Did you see that video of him in his house? Celebrating. Yeah. 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 As if he didn't know, like the camera crews that were there and stuff like that. It was obvious <laughs> that he was going to get picked I mean, today. Imagine if he never got picked and he were the all squad, there. That, <laughs> been, that might have been a better video, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. It goes a drug, but it's a disgrace. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. Um, Rob, then what? We full, well, it's not a full house, because... You know what? You've got valid points about Carver-Lewin. I totally agree, but the reason I'm picking the Charleston is because he's been in the team all year. Now, I'm not saying that's Carver-Lewin's fault, because obviously we, but we experimented a lot with the number nine position, didn't we, throughout mm-hmm. the year? It was with Charleston at some point as well. And to his credit, he plugged away at that the best he could. You know, he came up against the likes of, you know, come up against the likes of like Van Dyke and things like that and, and did all right against them. And so, it's, yeah, the Charleston for me, I think... He's twenty twenty one. He's he's got he's had a bags of goals this season. And if Carver Lewin had a, probably had a bit more of a run in the team, maybe a little earlier on, it probably would have been him. But yeah, Richarlison, I think. I mean, my Richarlison. I think sometimes you just forget that like, he is but, young. That, yeah. that's what I'm saying. And, and, and the, the price reason, tag as well. The reason but, I couldn't yeah. give it to Richarlison myself is because he cost forty five million quid, yeah. and I expected him to come into the team yeah. and score a few goals, and and you know carry the can a little bit and take yeah. a bit more responsibility. Um, that comes with that. The yeah, I obviously I gave him runner up in the player of the season, but I think like young player, you know, it's a step down in it. And I think given that he cost so much money, given the reputation that he came with, given that he'd done so well the previous season with Watford, he, he's done he's done fantastically well. Don't get me wrong, but I sort of wanted them to and expected them to because because everything of everything that came with him, you know, he's a Brazilian international top quality player. I, he's had a great season, but I think. You know, he needed to have a great season. I think I think as well, what, what's kind of like, what's a bit of a shame really in terms of a young player of the season is that we've only got two to pick from. Mm. You know, we've got Richarlison there, who's obviously a massive candidate for it, and Carver-Lewin because of the work rate he was putting in in the, in the second half of the season. But Tom Davis hasn't developed the way we'd like him to. John Joe Kenny hasn't, and Adam Ola-Luckman's been a massive disappointment. Normally, Everton have got like three or four players there. Mm. Who you, How old who, Pickford, who, who, is he not? Was he not in there? Was he he's 24, straight, 24 yeah, he's, in he Pickford, yeah. so like, but like there's players there you, you, we expected a lot more from and I'm gutted that they're not in the recognition for it because, you know, Tom Davis was given, he was given the, captain, the captain's armband at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. So Silver, Silver obviously put a lot of faith in him and he didn't really perform to the level that I mean, he's just signed, to, offered the, been off the new deal, which yeah, he's signed, which, so you, Silver obviously sees something. something in him and then you've got John Joe Kenny and, Seamus Coleman spent a bit of time off the team, didn't he, earlier in, early in the season and th- through injury and, and, and whatnot. And, and John Joe Kenny just didn't grasp that, that chance and, and push himself as, the, you know, and that could, he could have been one. But it, it is just a shame that we only had two to pick from, really. Okay, well, obviously, Richardson, the standout there with um, Graham there saying Dominic Carver Lewin. So I think it's, it's fair enough, isn't it, for them too? Obviously, Richardson, um, probably the winner for that one. Um, Connor, um, I'll give you first option on this one then. Um, interesting one, this. Plenty of um, candidates for it. Goal of the season? I think there's only one. You know, Skilfy Sigerson away at Leicester, I think. I went never <laughs> even got in like the reckoning of like the national votes. It shocks me a little bit mm-hmm. because everything from the turn, the finish, the, the the curve on the ball was just superb. And don't get me wrong, we, we did score some good goals this season. You know, the, you look at like the Brighton couple of the goals against Brighton where the counter attacking one in particular where we, we broke with speed and I think it was a Dean's volley against Man United at the Glasgow Street mm. but was, was another cracker um, but no I think for me there's, there's nothing beats that I mean it was stunning and it, it's just 
again, you just want to see him do that more than than because he's obviously got it in his locker to do. So you want to see him, you want to see him do it more than you know at the flash in the pan that it, it's kind of become for the mm. season. But as a goal itself, not not for me, nothing beats that for me. I mean, I'm not criticizing Gilly Sigurds in here because I thought I think he's been great for us. But just like you said, then it, it it's them type of goals seem few and far between. When he was at Swansea, he felt like he was doing it every week. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I don't know whether you agree with that. No, no, it, it's, there's definitely something. You definitely want to see it more. You want to see him shoot from distance more often. You look at United where he just has a pot shot from 30 yards because he's got nothing on it. It gets the, it's the bottom corner. You know, it goes back to the old saying, doesn't it? You know, you, you can't win the raffle if you don't buy a ticket. And I think sometimes you've been a little bit conservative in his, in his playing as, as the way we approach the final third. But I think in terms of just a goal, that was the, by far... Our goal of the season for me, it was it was superb. Rob, you were shaking your head there when Connor was uh, saying goal oh, of the season. He picked the obvious one and he goes, "I'm going to go left field. I'm going to go um, Richarlison's first against Brighton because the counter move for that between Sigurdsson, Bernard, and Richarlison was just like like was it, we were up and that we were up the pitch in like 10, 15 seconds. Okay, and that's going to be my goal of the season. Goal I mean, fair, fair fair play to Gil if you like with that. Scorcher, but you know, <laughs> just to go, just to go a bit different. I think everyone picks that, and but we have scored some great goals. Richarlison's goal first goal game of the season against Wolves, the um, where he puts it in the um, bottom corner, in the bottom, yeah, yeah. In the bottom corner. Bernard against West Ham, um, the second goal against West Ham. The yeah. build up play to that is yeah. people. I think what annoys me is with 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 goal of the season uh, contenders, right? Is that the, like you said the, the one on um. The one, the match of the day, one right. It all involved seventy-five percent of them were goals from outside the box. But some of the goals we've scored this year have been absolutely unreal, down to sheer team play. And I think they're massively overlooked at times. Mm. But so yeah, my vote is the Richarlison against Brighton. Okay, we'll leave some goals for Graham so we can know where go. No, but it's Gilfie Sigurdsson's all day. Yeah, absolutely, hands down, with no equivocations, hundred percent Sigurdsson Leicester away. My favourite part about that goal is right. It's the way he turns Madison. Fair, yeah. It's the, it's not the finish itself. It's the mm-hmm. it's sending Madison back to the shop in it for the mm-hmm. uh, for the paper. There, he's just like <laughs> leaves him for dead. I mean, I I obviously knew the Sigurdsson goal there was going to be the mm-hmm. standout, and I, 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 it's very hard to argue that. I don't think you can. It, it probably is goal of the season, but I think any of the goals, the first three against United at home, you could maybe give him. So you've got Richardson bicycle kick. Mm. I thought that was fantastic. You've got you mentioned it there before, Connor Sigurdsson's goal, where it was kind of a counter attack. Mm. Does the hair not do better there though for me? Which that's what takes the shine. No, no, obviously you know you have to look at all the elements to it. I just mm. mean the counter attack from that, and then it was like you know pot shot, but it, it went in, and then mm. Luca Dean's just absolute. Just it was Again, a worldie. Regardless, the hair need to do better. That's why I don't consider it. No, no, I'm just, I'm just saying that the, the context three as well in the game to beat, to beat them like that and to score yeah. those goals. I suppose, yeah. But I just think Sigurdsson's got. Hold on to your socks here, though. Go on. You're missing that fourth goal. Walcott. That was a great goal. That. Good finish. The build up <laughs> and the finish to that. Shock and touch by Walcott. Don't go away with it. <laughs> But it ended up with the back of the net, though, didn't it? Got away with it, though. But the build-up, though, was absolutely unreal for that. I think that, again, that, if you're overlooking that, all goals in that game were great, I thought. I think we, we scored some crackers against Burnley on Boxing Day as well, didn't we? did. Yeah. We scored against Watford as well, didn't you? Was it yeah, the last minute, yeah. 
Okay, this, this is an interesting one and it's your own interpretation of it so it could be anything. It could be, you know, something that happened on the pitch. It could be something that didn't happen on the pitch. It could be anything. So, Rob, your moments of the season. Moments of the season? Oh, God. Um, you meant to know your answer. I gave you the agenda before. I know, yeah. <laughs> I, thought you gonna, I thought you were going to... I thought you were going to... I first. I haven't got a clue either. <laughs> moments of the... Do you know what? Like, moments of the season for me, it'll be... I just I hope you don't take mine because I think mine's like dead quirky in left field. But go on, I'll let you go first. Mine's gonna be it was. It's not. It, it's it's more like the collection of games against City, not City, um, Arsenal, United, and Chelsea. Yeah, where we played really, really well, and it was like it, I felt like we'd we'd moved up a level. And what you said before, Gray, about taking it into next season, taking our form into next season, and just hitting hitting the ground running. But that United game for me was one of the best performances I've seen Everton put in in years. Like front to back for 90 minutes, we were perfect. Scored four great goals and you put four past United. I've just realised I've missed one out, but it doesn't matter. We'll go on to, we'll carry on with what you're doing. I'm going to say, that, I'm going to say this was a little further down on the agenda. Yeah. But yeah, that f- put, to put four past United, whatever kind of United team it is, this still team which has got Paul Pogba, Lukaku, Martial, Lingard, these great players, and we absolutely slaughtered them. So that that collection of runner games, but which culminated in that probably United that United game for me, yeah, that was, and I just hope we take it into next season. Yeah, United four 0 Have you got yours, yet, Graham, or should we it, come back? It would probably have to be United beating Man United four 0 at Goodison Park. It was uh, it was great. Um, I think Liverpool not winning the league was a great one. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he was going to say. No, it's not. It's not. It's horrible. It's bitter, but it, it was it was a great moment. Um, but beating United four 0 at Goodison, absolutely brilliant, great, fantastic. Yeah, definitely. I, I just wish that game was earlier on in the season because I, I mean, let's be honest. The game at, at the end of the day, it was a bit of a dead rubber, wasn't it? I mean, they were going for fourth, but for us, mm. it was nothing. Mm. But if that game means something a bit more, then it, it's even. It's United, though, it's, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's it, United yeah. anyway. Corner then, go on. I, 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 I'd be inclined to go with United, but I also think like the atmosphere before the derby. Oh, Goodison. you haven't, have you? That was it, man. That was mine. Oh, I should have gone first. I should have gone first. <laughs> no, go on, go on. I just think that it was, you know, they've been a lot made of the atmosphere at Goodison yeah. for what seems a lifetime. Um, and if we're being honest, they probably had dipped off. And you, you look back at the, you know, the City game in February where. I remember the echoes that piece, didn't they, where people were actually saying on camera, now we get beat because it'll put City back in pole position, etc. You know, and you look back at them nights where people are kind of arguing about, you know, arguing on Twitter about whether they want their own team to win or not. And you, yeah. you go and it was quite flat. If we're being honest, and the, 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 the atmosphere is like the Wolves game was, was flat. And I just think that 
you know, the siren almost. Connor. Brought. What are you doing? What are you doing to me? <laughs> I've got moments of the here's my notes, moments of the season, sirens for the Goodison Derby. That was me. That was me. Have, have, you, have you been hacking his emails? No. <laughs> I just think Siren that, Gate. Yeah, yeah. I just think that the, the siren it brought, yeah. brought everyone to life and I actually think it played a part then in, in the room we went on because we got backs like that bare pit. No atmosphere and it was rocking and it was the first time in a long time like you you felt good as from rocking and don't get me wrong I thought it was a little bit premature when we were singing you're gonna win not fall yeah so they pulled the ends um, but um you know but you look back now and good as had me like that for a long long time and it was just refreshing to see you know fans actually get get behind the team and not the moaning and the groaning and I think what was good about that deciding as well is like the like the Liverpool game was great. It, you know that was one of the best atmospheres yeah. ever. Take, but it was we had we have we had we had Chelsea, United and Arsenal after mm. it. But then we played Burnley, and you don't expect it against Burnley, mm. but it was there again, yeah, and it was the atmosphere was great. And you know I think that first twenty minutes against Burnley, if we battered them and we were, the game was done back after then, yeah. and we can do that into next season against like your West Ham's against your Bournemouths against whoever. Mm. It's going to be great. Well, they're the games where we've dropped the points, yeah. aren't they, really? The games that we should expect. Where the games when it, it's, it's flat as well, isn't it? It's, the atmosphere's not great and it's it's very subdued and, mm. you know, and there's, there's a lot made of, of the atmosphere, isn't it, in football these days and rightly or wrongly, you know, the, the prawn sandwich brigades, as people say, like Man United and stuff. And I don't think we've gone that far yet, but there's definitely, a, there's definitely been a drop-off in the Goodison and, you know, give whoever, give whoever it was at the club credit for thinking of that to, to, to kickstart something because it's clearly worked and we haven't looked back we haven't mm-hmm. looked back at Goodison since well did anyone know that was going to happen I don't think so no no I don't think they did actually I it wasn't did, because no. I remember on the de- obviously in the build up to the game or say like just before kick off it was so loud at Goodison and you know the players are all to walk out and next minute you hear these sirens and I was like the world's end what's that yeah. what, what is that like <laughs> do you know what I mean and I just thought like the, the air stop, stood up on the back of my neck, and I just thought it was, just thought it was great. And you know, obviously, we didn't get the win against Liverpool, which we what we wanted, but it definitely, obviously, didn't derail them. But it's it's obviously stopped them from from uh, winning the league. It didn't derail them because they, they went on to win every <laughs> single game for but the that, rest of the that game cost them. No, that, that game, you know, in in the running, that did so. Um, yeah, the, the silence for me, um, that that is definitely my one. The one that I've missed, which I think everyone's going to be agreeable on. And we've you can't have said it anyway. Match of the season, mm. Man United. Yeah, I said yeah, yeah. So just, you just you, you can't you can't get past no. that, can you? Mm. It's you know to 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 do what we've done was because like Rob said, we were brilliant from front. I mean, you look against Chelsea, rolled we rolled our luck, didn't yeah. we? Mm. You know, the first half if we were three 0 down, yeah, you couldn't have said no. oh, you know. That's a bit harsh. That you know, even the second half, they had a couple of ones where mm. deflection bounced. You know, the wrong side of the post and stuff and you know he, and then even Arsenal, I think Arsenal was a good performance the goals the goals yeah we were so wasteful in the final third the last 10 minutes you were thinking mm. they'll get one chance here and score mm. because we've been so wasteful whereas you know United Everton just sort of fell into place and you know Lukaku at the end kind of summed it up didn't it to, to make it a, a perfect day okay um, couple, of, couple of negative ones here now next two, it needs you to think carefully about them because they are two different ones, but they're kind of similar as well, if that makes sense. So I'll say them both. I'll say them both now. Who, who did you go, Rob? So Graham, I'll go with you next then. Um, 
So we've got worst player of the season and biggest disappointments of the season. Oh, that's too easy for me, though. <laughs> Carry on. <Yeah. laughs> worst player of the season. It's not I know it's quite harsh, isn't it, it to, yeah. to say like the worst player of the season, but you know, someone who just hasn't cut the mustard, basically. Well, I know who Rob's going to say, so yeah. I won't say it. I, I think... I, I, I backed him up start of the season, but I think for the money that we've paid for him and... You know, the, the expectation, I think Tolson's been very disappointing. Um, you so know, someone who's, you expected a bit more from and definitely. just hasn't, well, hasn't well, delivered. When, when, when Calvert-Lewin's had to come in and lead the line and carry the cannon, you've got a 20, was it 28, 25 million pound striker? It's 20 odd million, yeah. International Champions League experience, you know, sat on the bench and he can't get in the team. Um, you've got to ask questions, haven't you? Um, he's had, he hasn't had a plethora of chances to get in the team and, and, and you know, prove himself. But the chances that he has had, he's not taken for me. Um, he scored the odd goal here and there, but given that he's a 20-odd million pound international with Champions League experience and his Everton career started reasonably well, um, I think he's been rather disappointing this season. I, I just have to kind of disagree on it. I think he has had chances. I think right. he's been back and forth between Carvalho early. If you think back yeah. to early on early in the season, mid-season, he definitely started. And then it was... Oh, all right, well, it's Richarlison and the yeah. next minute it's Dominic Cavalier and oh, we'll go back to Tosin because it's not working. Um, just, it's, it's horrible, isn't it, to, yeah. to, to slate an Everton player like that and give him down the banks and I don't want to come across like too harsh on him, but yeah, I agree, he's not. Well, that, that's your biggest disappointment, so no, he's worst who's, your, um, who's your worst player? Oh, that he's your worst player. worst player? Yeah. Who's, um, God, my phone's going here. Hang on. <laughs> so who's your, who's your biggest disappointment? What in terms of like a disappointing moment of the season? Or Could be anything. Interpret it however you do. It's, it's got to be the Anfield derby, hasn't it? When Pickford's it that started up, everything, didn't it? Um, that oh, I've never been more gutted in my life. I felt like I'd been kicked in the stomach. It was horrible. It's because we did so well, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. And we had exactly we were brave, and mm-hmm. I don't mean brave in terms of throwing tackles in and you know work hard I think I mean we were brave we kept the ball in, in positions that were risky you know we took one two three touches we went there and, and had a go um, and to lose it like that was heartbreaking it, it's got to be that for me I know it's, I know it's an obvious one but it's got to be I think you spot me. on I, I think the way you've described it there is like being kicked in the stomach yeah. I actually like that pain that you probably feel yeah. in your stomach I, I felt like that yeah. Connor do you agree with both of them or have you got two different uh, yeah, two I, different opinions I, I agree with the, the tossing um, as, as in the worst player yeah I think he's absolutely woeful you try and stick up for him you try and give him every chance you can you try and you know sort of convince yourself that he's going to turn a corner he's going to he, you know, he hasn't got a discernible attribute no. has he he hasn't he, got he something where you go but he, he does this he, but he you does don't that. look at him and think Oh well, he's just not playing to his strength no. because you don't see what his strengths no, are. He's got no turn of pace. He's, got, he's not good yeah, in he's, the air. He's got no, no, no pace. No kind of ability to hold the ball mm. up. No, no way of like. He doesn't even run channels for you, does he? And cause a no. nuisance of himself. Or uh, you look at like Sam Allardyce, for instance. You know, if he was still in charge, he'd struggle with Sam Allardyce because he wouldn't be able to hold the ball up as a, as a lone front man. Um, and I, I mean, it was quite clear in January, wasn't it? The club wanted wanted them out. Um, 
but by all accounts he kind of knocked back any chance any kind of move that was thrown in his direction because he wants to fight it out but I think they'll be trying again to get rid of him this summer I don't think he's in the plans I don't, I don't think they see him as someone who is going to come in and you know take us on to a new level or be given another chance and I think that the Anfield derby was a disappointing moment in the season but for me the biggest disappointment was Adeloma Luckman I, I was, I was going to say that my alternative was that I agree I, I just think again you know you sit in the stands sort of moaning and hoping he's going to get his chance um, to, to, to get a, to get a start and then when he gets a start he's just terrible he just doesn't you know he'll come off the bench for 20 minutes and you think wow you know lightning pace good you know tricks the lot and then he gets a chance and does nothing and ends up getting replaced after an mm-hmm. hour by Theo Walcott and you watch you then thinking you know we're just, we're just back at square one here and I think he's another one who he won't beat the club in the summer. I think, obviously, he wanted out last summer. I think Brandon Silver were hoping that they'd be able to turn him, and turn co- his head, and, and coach him a bit, and yeah. coach him and make him a better player. But it's just not worked out. And again, I think he's another one who we won't see at the club next year. I think they'll look to, they'll look to cash in on him, and they'll probably look to to get to get him out. But as much as the Anfield job was bad, I think he's the biggest disappointment because there's so much talent there and there's something. And even one of them where he'll go to another club and probably do really, really well. Mm-hmm. And it'll be a case of oh, it's another one who we've, you know, another one who we've just let go or but this just doesn't seem to work from with Everton and no matter what seems to be done or what they hope to do or they try and do, it just doesn't work out and I think he'll 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 will eventually be gone. Okay, uh, Rob, say your beef. Who's your worst player of the season? Mr. Walcott. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I just I'm gonna agree with you. I He's just, mine. I just think it, it it started out at the um the United away game and he was a fault for both the goals and it was it, it just kinda of snowballed from there. And what was first uh, sorry to interrupt, but what what was first United away or Arsenal away? Uh was it Arsenal? Arsenal, Arsenal away. Arsenal, yeah. well, I was gonna say because for me it started Arsenal uh, away. I thought like it was a fault for both of their goals. I just feel like it, it <laughs> Listen, players lose possession all the time. It happens. It's but it's how you react to it. And it was just as if to say, "Well, that's not my job to get it back." And he can't take a man on. He can't finish. You know, the the, the finish last week against last week against Tottenham. He did his best to miss that. He fell over the touch against United, which he did bring up before. Again, for the player again, we we spent what was it 20, 23, 24 million? It's in in the same kind of bracket, same kind of bracket as Tosin, where you'd expect a hell of a lot more. And he's experienced; he's an England international. Well, he was, he was, yeah. <laughs> and for, yeah, he's just a massive, massive like he's just awful. And I, I, I seen him at times earlier on in the season in the team sheet when you had Luchman, who were like, "Oh my god, he's get get this lad in the team," you know. You know, I just wanted them out so much, but I made up with Charleston's made made that place his own now, really. Um but yeah, it's probably Walker. Tosin's another shout as well. It again, I, I was his biggest I wanted to be his biggest fan. But hmm. what, he hasn't got it, has what's he? the offer? He's not a Premier League player, is he? You know, and I think I moved back not to a Turkey. very good one anyway. I moved, I moved back to Turkey, he's probably the best option for him. Biggest disappointment of the season. The way we limped out of them cups, mate. Yeah. It was awful. You know, that Southampton game, they were bottom of the league at the time. Barely kicked the butt, you know, done a thing right all season. 
and then we go out on. We played a weakened team as well. Played, we? but so did they. You know, and no, but you understand them doing it, but because yeah. obviously they belong to say, well, but our weekend, perfect, but for us, it was like, why, you know, but our weekend team was enough there to beat them, mm. you know what I mean? It, it, we salvaged penalties, didn't we? Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know? yeah, and and then that Millwall game was, it was, a, disgr- it was a disgrace, wasn't it? You know, we just didn't turn up for the fight. And if you look at how the, the, the cup competition played out in the end, where you, it was Wofford and the Wolves and the um, the semi-finals could have been us that which should have easily been us it's always the way though when I know, I know, those, I know it? but like, it's like the teams that get to like the later rounds the competition just opened up and yeah it, I just feel like that was for me that's the black mark on silver this year it's just that was that's what I'm marking them down on was the way those cup competitions played out and just wish we'd have done more because I think we could have really really I think we could have won a trophy to be honest with you. Mm. Um, the, uh, the Anfield derby is a bad moment, but them cup competitions, just that Millwall game, just I, that, I la- thing that last goal, that last goal going anything. And are you kidding me? Have you really just conceded that? And I know it was on ball and things like that, but you shouldn't be in that position in the first place against well, the team I, like you think Millwall. The FA Cup as well, though, that the Warner stands were there when we played Lincoln at home because we got off to a blister and started. It was like 2 up after yeah. 15 minutes, and you thought, oh, no. And then they got a goal off a set piece. And then second half, we were hanging on at times. And you're thinking, you know, how, how are we hanging on? He had a team, you know, we, we, we had to bring, yeah. you know, he brought Gomez at half time. Yeah. And he for Davis, because we, we were hitting over him in field. And you, you, so I'm looking back now, the Warner signs were probably there before we faced mm. Millwall because mm. Lincoln gave us a game and they were, you know, League Two minnows. Yeah. So when you go to, you know, when you go to Millwall away, Saturday night, you know, heavy rain, boggy pitch, they're right in your faces, the crowd's on top, yeah. You know, it's no surprises that we that we got dumped out in the way mm. we did. I mean, it's hard to disagree with with any of them. The, the derby was just sickening. The the Anfield derby was sickening. It was horrible. You, you, you know, you think you're gonna get at least a point. Mm. You played very well, and Jordan Pickford goes and throws the ball basically into the net. It yeah. was it was horrible, wasn't it? Just to be uh, gone, Connor. Sorry. I think I think as well. What made it worse was that we've got points at Anfield. I haven't played well yeah, much yeah, worse yeah, than well, that yeah. over, over the years and you, you're thinking you know the one year we do go and have a go that was it I and think. we take the game to them and you know and we're the better team throughout as well we, we had yeah. good, really good chances to score you look at Gomez where you know they're diving out of where it's off the mm. line and I remember even before the, the incident though like, we were still potentially could could have scored yeah. the goal could have won the game we brought, brought Luchmarans at least you know and Bernard late on you know we were still having a go it was like and then obviously we were, what happens you know, and you just think we've actually had to go there, and that's mm. what you know. The, and the worst part about it was the, the free kick got lumped in, and we actually defended the ball. The free got, kick. Yeah, we defended the free kick quite well. And even if you look at Origi, he's it's like even he thinks it's going out. Mm. Do you know? And, and it's just the maddest ten seconds ever. And it 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 defined that it defined our season in the end because. You know, in an alternate reality, you'd love to have seen what had gone on if we'd have come out, come away from there, with, come away from there with the points. And I think Jordan Pickford probably would have slept a little bit easier last weekend when City won that league because it could have been that, you know, could have been that win that um, quite easily that give them that give them the title. But but yeah, okay. My two, um, I find it very hard to disagree uh, disagree with Rob. To be honest, I think Walcott for the. The, the player who he is, the the pedigree, you know, that he's meant to have and the, the price tag, I, I just think he's been our worst player. For someone who hasn't been able to, you know, break into that team properly and have an impact 
it's, it's quite disgusting really um, I, I, you know I'm not trying to be as harsh as Rob has been but he's definitely been my worst <laughs> player of the year um, biggest disappointments obviously you mentioned all them but I'm just going to go left field I think Yeri Mina has been my biggest disappointment mm-hmm. um, just purely because of expectation I think might be being slightly too harsh on him because he has he been injured, injured. injured no yeah, he has yeah. been injured so you know that's fair enough but you know the World Cup he you know he had a decent World Cup he scored against England you know he played for Barcelona mm-hmm. you know one of the best clubs in the world and he's come in and it just hasn't it just hasn't happened for him yet mm-hmm. um, but in terms of the expectation of what I thought Yeri Mean has been my my biggest disappointment um, moving on then to the biggest surprise of the season. You've been listening to the View from the Gladys Street podcast from the Liverpool Echo. You've been listening to the View from the Gladys Street podcast. Again, Rob, we'll go with you, but just interpret it however, however you, you see it, whether it's a player, whether it's, again, something happened on the pitch, something off the pitch, but, you know, um, biggest surprise of the season. Michael Keane for me. Yeah. Um, you know, last season he was... He was one of the poster boys, wasn't he, for of how bad that team actually was and things. And again, we paid big money for him. You felt like the lad just had zero confidence. And he's just come on leaps and bounds this year. Ever since, like, you know, since the start of the season, he's been... He's barely, he's barely put a foot wrong. And I, I can't wait to see him develop again next year and, and become stronger. But yeah, Michael Keane, for me, biggest surprise and, and certainly the most improved. Um, yeah Connor Michael Keane I think you look back at you know the summer it looked as though he was getting hosted out when we signed Mina and Kurt Zuma because you kind of thought oh, well they're going to come in and they're going to be the, the centre back pair and there's, there's a reason why we're signing both not just one mm. um, but he's, he's kind of made that position his own now and it's now Zuma or Mina who will partner them um, going forwards it looks as though probably will be Mina because the Zuma the Zuma front seems to have gone quiet, but I think looking back on that season just gone, it was you know he was he got back in the England squad, you know we and to be fair to him as well he opened up didn't he early on and was quite honest about the, the you know the horrific ordeal that he went through last season which must have been tough and mm. you know fair play to that because he didn't come out and say this last year when in reality it probably would have been easy for him to come out and say last year when he was getting pelters well I'm going a minute you know I'm playing with about foot here and. You know, they stand in the other and we probably would have pelted them with more abuse because we just said, oh, he's just saying that because he, he's playing poorly. You know, we waited till he got got back in, got, was playing back well and then sort of opened up and said, well, last season was a struggle, you know, and you, you think as well where he had that, that head injury at Bournemouth, mm-hmm. you know, where he had a, was it a fractured skull, I think, at one point they were, they, mm-hmm. were, they were talking that he had and, you know, he, I think he was playing within three weeks of that, wasn't he? He was back playing, you know, and, you know, he, he's just, he's really come of age and, he now looks the type of centre back who who we, we signed from Burnley, um, and you know hopefully long may continue. Graham, can I just say called that? I did say Michael Keane had it and was a good player when he was getting pelters. <laughs> <laughs> called it, um, and I, I agree. With you. Yeah, I know. Did you say that in the podcast? Yeah, every podcast I've been on, I think. <laughs> no, um, it, it's more. It's a it's a surprising moment for me because I remember the first time I saw it, I was like what like I just couldn't fathom it out but it was Tom Davis being given the captaincy as a surprise a moment because okay, yeah. that was exactly. a huge surprise I just thought what why what how what's going on there why has he done that um, and I don't think any of us 
to this day. Still I've had them there. Yeah. Um, that was probably a, more I'd baffled now than we were yeah, there. Surprised to me. I'd, I'd go with Tom Davis being given the captaincy. I just couldn't believe it. It was a, it was a big surprise. Yeah. Okay, um, mine's kind of in the same ilk as Rob and Connor, but slightly different. It's more the the blossom and partnership between Keane and Zuma, which is just going to be torn to shreds, obviously, in the summer. I was going to say, you're just setting yourself up for a massive down, aren't you? No, but, in, no, no. But, in, but in fairness, though, when Keane and Mina have played together, you know, we've kept clean sheets and we've... No, no, but I, just, I, I agree, but the partnership between mm. them two has been solid, really. I think we've probably kept more clean sheets with them two as centre-backs. Centre yeah. um, I mean... I know Zuma played right back against Tottenham, but Mina played, didn't he? And we can see the two goals. I just think I'm just so surprised that again how well Keane has played, but mm-hmm. they've just seemed to have clicked. clicked. And you just like like January, probably December, you just didn't see that. They complement each other so well, don't they? Yeah. They both got like they're not they're not very similar. They've got different styles, only they go about things a different way, but I think they complement each other, don't they? Yeah. Like the the way they both well, play. I, I think what you say there about, you know, you, you know, August last year, you didn't see Michael Keane get the game. No. <laughs> you know, because we've obviously signed Jerry Mina for 30, 30 odd million. Real kid Zoomer, and you think, well, that's the end of Michael Keane mm. because why would Silver and Brands go out and buy two centre backs? And, and, you know, it wasn't like we, we signed one, both of them were coming into play because Zoomer wouldn't have come otherwise mm, from Chelsea. Definitely. And you, you know, you, you're thinking the writing's on the wall a little bit for me. And, and to, to go on and, and do what, to go on and do what they did as a pair. And look, you, you look at it now; it was it was thankful because Mina's injury record has mm. been so bad over the course of the season that mm. it's kind of been a blessing that the two have, have had a blossom relationship and the, the two being at the club because you, know, you you hate to see where we would have been if we'd been relying on Yeddy Mina because well, so, you would have well, thought for, the likes of Holgate probably would have stayed on at the club and stuff but like that. They, 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 I don't think they're best than what. No, the, no, the two I agree, you know? but in terms of in numbers and your squad yeah. and stuff like that. That's a backward step, though, isn't it? You know, it might be not be a backward step, and you know, it it just it goes to show that maybe you know, silver, silver and brands are actually right to get three in in the summer to to, to make sure we look comfortable more than going with the two. What money was perceived that we were going to go with? Okay, just f- coming up to the the end of it now, but the a bit of a quirky one here. Then Rob again interprets however, but regret of the season, any regrets it for you personally or as a club, you know. Just an example, you know, regret maybe we didn't get Europa League or whatever you take on it. I'll revert back to the cup competitions. I just think it was a massive missed opportunity. Um, I think we could have, I think, put it this way, we could give City more of a game than Watford did. Uh, <laughs> um, the farmers would have given City more of a game than Watford did. <laughs> and Graham would have won money. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just the cup competitions, really. I just wish we'd have reacted a bit better in them um, the League Cup was just it was, a poor, it was a poor night that and then obviously the Millwall game was just catastrophic and um, yeah Cup competitions Connor? Yeah I think the the, the, the big one is the, is the Cups um, because I, I think you know like Rob said earlier again it's just another year isn't it goes by where you, you know you just feel like it's another missed opportunity and eventually that we've got to stop that kind of feeling because it's just becoming all too frequent, isn't it? You know, another missed opportunity. And for, but for me, I think, you know, missing out on Europa League a little bit. I think you know, the, it's not everyone's flavour, it's not everyone's cup of tea, but, you know, there's 
Tasting like to Cutterson would have been, I think, interesting. And I think it would have been good to see who's play in Europe and see. I think it would have been interesting how we've improved under Silva from Co- the Cumin Europa League campaign, which was obviously a shambolic because it probably could have got, you know, three managers oversaw mm. our, our campaign that lasted four months. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, think, I think we're, we're not technically we have four, didn't we? Because Cumin took charge of the first couple, mm. then it was Unsworth, then it was Big Sam, and then Craig Shakespeare took charge the last one, didn't he? Because we, True, never, yeah, we, never, exactly. we never even sent a team. We sent, was sick, wasn't he? No, Alice chose not to go. How was it? I thought it was we, sick. we were playing the derby on the Sunday, and that was on the Thursday night. So we sent a loads of fringe players and kids with Craig Shakespeare, and Alice basically said, Oh, yeah, all the first team and me are gonna, we're going to stay fringe farm because it's a not game, we've got nothing, we've got nothing to play for. So I we actually. Brilliant choice. You know, yeah. But so I think. It would be interesting how far we've come from them them days to, to now playing in the competition. Because whether pe- people mourn about it, but there's some really, really good teams in it. And you you know, you look at likes of Arsenal and Chelsea this year, yeah, they both got the final, but they've been tested a lot of a lot of times. I mean, you just look at the semi final, Chelsea with Frankfurt, it took them to penalties. You know, you wouldn't sit here and say, mm. Oh, Frankfurt are one of Germans elite, you know, elite forces. But they've obviously got something about them because they just took Chelsea to penalties. So I think it would have been interesting how much we've improved and how well we could do in a competition like that. Graham? Um, I've got to go right back to the start of the season before before we kicked the ball, really. Um, and we've talked about it countless times. Um, and there's going to be reasons why it never happened. And, you know, you might all give me down the banks. But biggest regret's got to be not signing the centre-forward. Mm. We all knew it needed to happen. We all knew Lukaku needed replacing, you know... We could go into it and spend a long time talking about it. Who was available? You know, Silver didn't want to take a chance. He didn't like the look of the players available, blah, blah, blah. But everybody inside and outside the club knew that Everton Football Club needed a new centre forward. And I would have moved heaven and earth. Like I think you've mentioned it before, you know, some of the some of the signings that we made could have gone on the back burner and go out and spend 60 million quid on a centre forward. And I would love to have seen how our season would have gone mm. with a, a proper, proper established striker in the squad um, or in the first team even, I should say. So I think I've sat in the pub too many times talking about it. I've sat at Goodison too many times thinking about it. Why didn't he sign a centre-forward? What would have happened if we'd have got a centre-forward in? So I think my biggest regret's got to be that. That would have been my priority in the summer. Definitely not giving you down the banks for that. No. Completely agree with you. Totally agree. I thought you were going to say... I should have spoke more about my Hakeem being a good player. From <laughs> the summer, from the I thought it was going to be something about Rooney or something like that. <laughs> no, be, yeah, not signing the centre forward for me. Um, mine, got, kind of got two, just a personal one. Not that I, I haven't been to any away games this season, so I need to do more next season. Um, and second one, I mean, and I hate the fact that it's about them, but the fact that we've played well against Liverpool twice this season mm, and not beaten them. Yeah. And it's in the same milk as the cup competitions. <laughs> Another season's gone by, and we mm-hmm. still haven't. Still the haven't beaten. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's obviously not. But it, sometimes it can be. That's more frustrating than we have the fact that we haven't won a cup. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because it's just one game. Mm-hmm. You know, two a season, two a le- two a year, or two a season. Really, the downfield's the big one, isn't it? We've, we've got to find a way do, yeah. of getting over that hoodoo because otherwise, eventually, we're just going to keep going and going and going, yeah. aren't we? I mean. It, yeah, it seems thing all it, over again. It just, yeah, it seems, it seems United no, as well. Yeah. White Hart Lane was like that, wasn't mm-hmm. it, for years? So mm-hmm. we need to find a way of getting some belief to get a win there because 
we can't just carry on. I mean, it's 1999, you know, we're in mm, 2019. Think, now it's, you know... <laughs> they've only lost one game all season, well, and it was to all conquer and Man City. So no, I think I, this season... That's you, the thing, isn't it? They yeah. are a world-class team. Yeah, you know, you, yeah. there's no two ways about it, but, but we put performances in against them that deserve a lot more. And I think mm. as well, you, you just look at that one in December, like I say, like I said earlier, it was the fact that we went there and had to go and we, 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 we played so well. I mean, don't get me wrong, under the Moyers era, I was as critical as, as probably... Most football fans were watching, watching us because we were we did just go there scared, you know. When he parked the buses, you know, ten men behind the ball, and it was like, oh well, as long as they, we can hang on, they don't score. It's a success, and that's you know, always been because we're never going to beat them playing that way. We're just always going to try and pluck a, a nil nil, but to actually go there and have a go this year and you know take them on at their own game almost and yeah. still come away with nothing. It's just it's just Everton all over, isn't it? In terms of just beating them in general. You've only got to look at north of the border. You know, Rangers hadn't beat Celtic for a long time. They've beat them twice this year now. So you get that over, get that first one over the line. And it was a back to the wall job as well. And then they beat them again. Celtic can't live with the body, do you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) But in the grand scheme of things up there, in terms of like, Celtic are much better than Rangers. And if you get that over the line, that one win over the line, it changes things then it changes the, your whole your whole psychological approach to it. And I think if we get that one victory against them, it doesn't matter how it is or where it is or when it is, well, hopefully it's soon. You know, that... Um, it does matter when it is. Yeah, it does, yeah you know, that... It, that, that final nice. <laughs> you know, that could completely turn it on its head then. Hmm. I think the gun thing is just because we put in the performances. Yeah. If we'd been beaten 4-0, obviously you'd be fuming and you'd be disgusted at the Like Martinez, when, when Martinez went there, we were just embarrassed weren't That's we what before, I mean. you know. Like it, it doesn't make it any better, but it's like, oh, we was you know, we were very close there to mm. to, to doing them. I think that the closer you get, the more it hurts. Oh, no, it does absolutely than the, the, the actual going there, you know, going there and getting tongue for like we did under Martinez. It, it, you go I think you go there and oh you know, like when we went there under Big Sam and again, you know, we parked the bus and we got we got what people perceive as a, a, a you know, a lucky penalty. It's when you actually go there like we did in December, it's just it hurts even more because you just think We've actually had to go there and mm. try to take them on and still come away empty-handed and it's just something that's always going to hang over us, isn't it? <laughs> and until until the hoodoo is broken, it'll just go on and on and on and on and on. Mm. Okay, last question then, um, which relates to next season. Graham, season expectations for next season then. I know it's, gonna, it's, it's a very, very tough one to ask at the moment because... You know, we could have a belter transfer window and by, you know, the first game of the season, your expectations could be through the roof. It mm. could be the complete opposite. But as we sit here right now this week, what do you expect from Everton next season? On, on? I think I can only, I don't want to, you know, get ahead of myself. I, do, I think make make Goodison a fortress and beat beat the teams in inverted commas that we're supposed to beat. Don't be losing silly home games um, and prioritise the Cups. That's that's what I'd expect Silver to do next season. Silverware is something that we need to bring to the club if he wants to make his mark. Um, and I think, you know, it's a competitive league if you can win your home games and then make the most of your away games and pick up, you know, even if it's a point away from home, you're going to be there or thereabouts. You know what I mean? Tottenham have lost a lot of games this season. They, are actually, enough, they haven't they? drawn a lot, but they've lost a lot of games. If you can win your home games, if you can win, you know, 14, 15 home games and then do what you can on the road. And I think Silver's got a bit of a formula on the road. He hasn't hasn't been fantastic, but you know, he's got Best the tools. Sounds, he's got the tools to to, to play on the break and to to hear teams on the road. 
make Goodison a fortress, pick up as many points as we can at Goodison Park and don't lose those silly home games that we've lost this season or even draw. Um, and I would like him to make more of an effort in the cup. Um, I know the performances weren't great, but when you're not playing your, your first team, that's going to, you know, you, 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 you haven't got that head start, have you? You know what I mean? So that that'd be my expectations for next season. I don't want to start spouting top four and all this nonsense, but that's what I want to see him do. I mean, Connor, there's a lot of um, overriding factors that could change again, but you know, the likes of United, Chelsea, transfer ban, Arsenal look vulnerable. I mean, I'm not going to include Tottenham in that because they're in the Champions League final. So I'd say those top three, you know, mm-hmm. City, Liverpool, cemented, but there could be, you know, that one place fourth that could be up for grabs. Yeah, definitely. Well, I, I agree with, with Graham. I think, the, the cups are, should become a massive priority um, because you you can't carry on every year just thinking oh we'll, we'll try and get top six or top seven because for as easy as to say you know they could open up we've also got to be careful because there's like Celeste you know Wolves are effectively ahead of us because they finished seventh you know West Ham if they could pull their act together mm. could, could could get up there now you know potentially think you know there is other clubs. I mean, again, Leicester, you know, Leicester could be a route one. To, you know, similar to ourselves sitting here thinking, well, mm. we have a goal next year from the, the off. We've got a chance, indeed, you know, and they've got a goal scorer as well. Yeah, and you've got like that Madison. Mm. So while it is to say, oh, well, you know, we could bridge the gap, we've also got to be careful because there'll be teams breathing down our neck, looking to think, well, we can get top six, top seven. And so I think the cups for me. And then I think the big thing has got to be signed at least one forward. Mm. You know, we go, we start the we start the season with the same forwards or just Calvert Lewin. I think we'll all be suicidal <laughs> because it will be the second consecutive summer. Well, the third really, if you mm. count Cummins one, that we haven't addressed the biggest problem we've got at the football club. You know, we we need a number nine, at least one number nine. I mean, I, I'm saying only a couple of go. I'd even look at like something in Mitrovic and Lorente in. Yeah. You know, bring two in. Because at least then you've got two options to work with. You know, it's not, oh, well, Calvert Luna run round and you'll put a shift in. You've got at least Lorente and, you know, Lorente who built a, a really good partnership with Sigerson at Swansea. Done really, really well. If they could get, you know, get that back, get that back going, we'd have a chance. You know, Mitrovic scored 11 goals last year in a team that, for the most part, were pretty useless, you know, and, and got away with being how bad they was because of how bad it feel with. But on on the whole, they were terrible for them, and he still scored 11 goals, which was more, I think it was mm. six more than what Calvert Lewin mm. managed. So, for me, it's got to be got to be a centre forward because we can't have another year where we're just sitting there going, oh, well, we had targets, but we missed out. And, you know, I said it through the week, it's as if the club hasn't recovered from Olivier Giroud turning his back on us in the 11th hour two and a half years ago mm. it's, like, it's like we just haven't recovered because so much must have went into that deal that they, they thought oh, we've got him over the line he turns mm. his back and it's like it's we've, like a PTSD we've just never we've just never looked back and we've never replaced Lukaku we need we need someone who can come in and for me we've, we've got to get a number nine and we've got to get a forward in because we can't go on like this just I think as well yeah, like you've, you've come up with two names there that'd suit the bill you know especially Mitrovic I'm a, I'm a big fan of Mitrovic so get it done mm. put it to bed you could you could literally solve the biggest problem I, 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 in, I, in 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 one. I, I know I know people are looking and go, you know, Mitrovic he got relegated. They're not they're not household names, but they're still a lot better than what we've no, got right now. This minute, goals, you know, he scores goals. Level as you know, well. like I say, Lorente is potentially a free transfer in the summer because his contract's up his base. If he could produce half the goals he did for Swansea with Sigurdsson, 
it'd be best than what we've got right now, you know. It then enables to get rid of the legs in the ass and tossing and, and work with Calvert Lewin a little bit more on, on building his game up. Whereas right now, this minute, you couldn't really let Tossin or Nias go because there's no guarantee that you're going to bring anyone in to replace them. To, 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 so you're going to be one centre forward, which even by, Everton, even by, even by Everton's standards, would be absolutely catastrophic. Mm. Well, we're definitely going to do a few transfer podcasts over the summer. So um, watch that. Watch this space for uh, what happens there. But Rob, just your short summary of where you want where you want to see Everton at this time next season. I think the simplistic brief is get European football and win a trophy. You know, um, what kind of European football probably changes as the year goes on. You know what I mean? If we're pushing the top five, which I highly doubt, but if we're pushing the top five, top four, then you it changes, doesn't it? Halfway through a season, but as it stands now, get European football back at Goodison. And because I'd be dead and see to see how Silver does in Europe, actually, to be fair, I think his style of play would suit it. Mm-hmm. Um, and just win a bloody trophy. Any, you know, Carl, Carl, the Carabao Cup is the easiest the easiest and quickest route to Wembley. Put all your effort into it. Um, but I can't disagree with what the lads have said there about signing a striker. I think that's absolutely vital. If we haven't got that in, I don't think there's much... I don't think there'll be much hope for a higher finish than what we've got without a without a decent recognised striker next year. Okay, I think that's a good place to finish. Um, that's it for this, this week's view from the Glasgow Street Fan Podcast. Thanks to my guests Rob Graham and Connor for coming on. Cheers. Much appreciated. We'll definitely have you all back on. Um, during the summer where hopefully we'll uh, ever be doing it uh, a lo- <laughs> well a lot of business and we'll have a striker and uh, I'm sure there'll be plenty of debate um, with regards to regards to that one and whether we can uh, sign a, a player who finally scores some some goals for us so thanks very much and to all you Blues out there thanks for listening The View from the Gladys Street Podcast from the Liverpool Echo